Hello, and welcome back to 100% Real with Ruby. Today, I am so excited to have Sarah Bishop on because she is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to stress, biofeedback, and the stuff that really makes us this fat burning machine when it's not even about burning fat. It's about building our bodies. And in the process, we are losing fat, we are building muscle, and we are getting a better body composition. Because a calorie deficit, yeah, we know it's the king for weight loss. Duh, thanks, Karen. But like, there is so much more under the surface. And if you don't pay attention to all of these markers under the surface, you're going to be digging yourself a deeper hole. You're going to be feeling like shit. And she made an amazing post not that long ago about, yeah, okay, cool. We can fuel ourselves for exercise and stuff. But if you're a mom, if you're running around with kids, if you have a busy job, you still need to fuel your lifestyle too. Like it's not just you need to earn your food for exercise. And biofeedback, which is when I ask my girls for what's their energy like? Are they hungry after they eat within like 30 minutes? What's their sex drive like? Are you actually mindfully eating your food? Because how you eat your food determines how it's assimilated, how it's then, when I say assimilated, as I said, what it means is your body being able to use that to then do all of its daily processes. So I'm going to let Sarah take it away because we both have kind of like the same background of learning the hard way of pushing fat loss, pushing fat loss, pushing less calories, trying to do more. And until we took that do more, do more, do more mentality, we didn't see the results until we got to the other side. So I'm going to let her kind of, bring out your key learning points from all of that and how much better you have seen your progress ever since you got away from that and why these biofeedback markers and stress is so important and how stress isn't just, oh, my husband stressed me out today, but no, it's your diet. It's what you eat, not just how much you eat. Like what you eat is so freaking important and all of those other factors. Yeah, totally. I mean, these are all topics that I'm like super passionate about because like we were talking about um, a little bit off air, like I also have a background of anorexia eating disorder. Um, and that started when I was 13, 14 years old. And I struggled on and off for until I was like 21, like 20, 21. So quite some time. And, you know, in that, like all the over-exercising, under-eating, super low, low weight, you know, for most of my adult life, actually, honestly, it was not until I'm 25. Now I just turned 25 this year. And it was not until this past year that I broke over 115, you know, pounds. So I don't know, kilograms, but you know, I've always been like, you know, I, I held myself back for so long, I think, because I was scared to, you know, gain the weight, you know, eat more. And for me, so kind of backtracking a bit, um, you know, learning more about fitness and learning more about not just like what we do in the weight room, but like how to actually fuel that and what it takes to build muscle. That was a lot of my recovery kind of journey. So like when I was like 20, 21, that's when I started to really, truly choose recovery for myself. Um, and a big help in that was, you know, learning to fuel my body, you know, appropriately and, all the carbs and, you know, kind of seeing, I mean, essentially like that there was, you know, a lot of damage done to my body, you know, or there would be even more damage if I continued doing what I was doing. Um, you know, I was able to re, re um, reverse my osteopenia that I, de I developed as a consequence of anorexia. Um, and I credit a big part of that to weightlifting and training and, and eating enough, um, and I did compete in 2019 for the first time, um, in bikini and the MPC bikini division. And prior to that, I had spent about a year and a half in like really focusing on building muscle, but I was still just too tiny because I just didn't have enough time, you know, eating enough, you know, I really only spent like a year and a, a year barely, I would say barely a year eating enough to build and then training. Like I was trying to build muscle. So after my show in 2019, I was like, wow, I have, 
I got really, really shredded, really tiny. Um, and I was like, I have a lot of growing to do. So since 2019, so about two, two years and a couple months now, um, I've really been, you know, pushing myself to build muscle and grow and fix some digestion issues and hormonal issues that kind of developed along the way from that under eating, um, and, and just, yeah, stressors that I placed on my body and, you know, stressors, like it's not that all stress, not that stress is bad inherently. Like a lot of good things in my life came from being highly stressed, like grad school and, um, competing and, you know, starting my own business, things like that. But when we have these compounded stressors, like, you know, those life stressors and putting ourselves in diets, overtraining, um, you know, all those things like that has an effect on the body. Yeah. That like the, you need to work with your physiology, like stress is always going to be there. You need to learn how to become more resilient to it. And it's, yes. it's like a game of push and pull. You need to know when to push harder and you need to know when to pull back. And mm-hmm. if all you focus on is I need to cut food, I need to get my scale down. If you freak out as soon as the, the scale goes up, you're never actually going to be able to tune into, okay, how can I actually build my body, fuel my body to perform? And some people don't realize how important it is to actually have a structured training program because the more you build muscle, the easier it is for you to have that metabolic machinery. Like I had, I made the same mistakes. Like when I competed, that was only after a good year and a half as well of building muscle. And it's like, yeah, I have all this muscle mass neck minute, cut all the fat off. There's no, nope. <laughs> where is it? It's because it takes time. And, and yeah, I mean, so when I first got into resistance training, I was still doing like a lot of like junk volume. I don't know if that was part of your story at all, but <laughs> yeah. And like, I like, you know, eventually like I did get a coach and worked with a coach for about, like I said, like one year, um, like 10 months, you know, prior to competing, but still that's not enough time, you know, truly. And prior to that, I was like, just piecing together, you know, workouts. Like I had one, actually, this was something, something an old coach gave me 10 sets of 10 on squats, barbell squats. That was one, that was, and that was the part that was one leg day, like, like just one exercise, like so much junk. (laughs) It, it, it's like you need to be able to place those pieces together I was the exact same like I was training I actually hated taking my seventh day off but it's like no I need six days and then I would do extra sets I do extra reps I try to add in finishes and then yep. and then my coach came to me mate stimulate don't annihilate it took me a year to finally learn that lesson and it's like your body you can feel like we attach ourselves so much to this feeling of I'm feeling sore. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling exhausted. And then we can't let go of it because it's serving us in some way. It's like, no, this is keeping my body where it is right now. If I let go of it, I might get fat. I I lose my muscle. I lose my gains. It's like, you need to let go of the identity of a dieter. You need to let go of this identity, these beliefs you have in order to move forward, because that was my fear. I'm just going to gain more fat. I'm just going to lose my gains. If I take this rest day, if I don't do extra here, I'm not going to be making progress. Yeah. And I think, so for me, like what really helps with that, because I was also, I used to be six days a week. And I, I think I started to realize that if I really was as beast mode and hardcore in the gym, as I said, I was, I really couldn't be all that if I wasn't resting in between sessions. So I like, I started like, when I started getting away from the six days straight, I started with doing like three days on one day off. So like every third day I was taking a rest day and I was like, holy shit, like, wow. Like I'm so much better, you know, after that rest day than I was, you know, going six days straight. So yeah, that was like, I mean, and now I train less than that. So it, it's just very like, you have to do it though, to kind of see it for yourself Um, and that's why I'm glad we're having this conversation because I think more women especially can like learn from us hopefully or something clicks you know that it's like okay maybe I shouldn't be you know doing the six days a week on the Stairmaster and then you know eating you know 1300 calories or whatever yeah and a rest day doesn't mean you're gonna go on a Stairmaster a rest day doesn't mean you're gonna go do some heat session like a rest day means like I can rest your body mate (laughs) (laughs) it's like you need to rest but I'm laughing because that was also me. Like it would be like, oh, it's my rest day, but I'm going to go do hot yoga or 
I'm going to, you know, go on a five mile walk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that, that was, that was kind of me as well. It's like, yeah, rest day does mean you can get out and get your steps in. Like that's me, like get your steps in the rest day, but don't do something that's going to stress your body out more. And I want to have more of these conversations because I'm hoping people can relate, but don't just see it as, okay, we're kind of like, there's these two fit chicks talking about this stuff. No, it's the same thing. If you are over fat, if you are carrying a lot of stored energy, AKA fat, it is the same thing because you are putting yourself through starvation pretty much. It's controlled starvation. Your body is resilient. It It is able to bounce back, but you don't let it do that. So you're keeping it in this starved state, which is it's starved of nutrients. You might be eating a calorie deficit on paper, but your cells are in a surplus. They're not using the energy. They're not able to process the energy. If your cells are stressed out, how the hell do you expect them to do the fat burning, to do the the carb burning, to then build muscle? And I remember I was the same, like it was powerlifting that saved me because my powerlifting gym didn't have any cardio machines. So I wasn't able to do like, they just had a bike and there was no way I was going on that bike. So I'm like, can't do my walking now. And I used to do like two hours of, like just well two hours of training and then one hour of friggin' walking until I got into palaty and then it's like no it's like a 45 minute session and then I just walked outside for my steps it's it was a complete shift and that's when I started to see progress that's when I started to see my body actually transform and build an ass but (laughs) it's it's oh these like you don't actually learn until you're left with nothing. Like one of my girls for the first time, she's been with me for a few months. She goes to me yesterday. Oh my God, I'm not exhausted at the end of this week. This is a weird feeling. I'm like, thank you for listening. Because on that rest day, she didn't go and do a class at the gym. She didn't add in extra Tabatas at the end of her sessions. She actually focused on eating more food. And even though she went over on one of the days by 600 calories, I told her, this is actually what we want. And by getting that feedback, she was able to continue fueling her body. And now we can actually start to see the changes. People don't realize you need to earn your fat loss phase. So I guess this is where I really want you to talk about why it is so important to earn your fat loss phases and what it means to earn a fat loss phase. Yeah, I, that's something I talk about a lot too, is, is you have to do these prerequisites to have a successful fat loss phase because- you know, I think a lot of people come to me and they're, they think they're ready to diet. And it's like, listen, like we could diet right now, but it's probably going to be a struggle and you're not going to get the results that you want. Um, so, you know, what I mean when, like, when I say prerequisites, a lot of it is it's getting your, your, your body right, you know, to, in, in a good place to start a fat loss phase, but also getting your mind right and getting your habits in place. So, you know, metabolically, hormonally, we have to make sure we're in a good spot. You know, you can't start a diet, you know, even if you're maintaining your weight at 1500 calories to start off a diet, we're going to have to go to probably like 1100, 1200 calories. And then you're eventually going to stall and we're going to have to keep going lower. And then we're at a thousand calories and you're like, okay, great. You know, that's not, you know, that's not healthy. It's not sustainable. And the fat loss just, it won't be as, you know, easy quote unquote, as it could be, if we spent the time, you know, building up your metabolism, upregulating your hormones, um, you know, and and putting time in the gym, you know, kind of like Ruby and I were saying before, I think a big prerequisite to fat loss is, you know, kind of spending some time trying to develop some muscle mass because muscle is like, it's like metabolic, it's very metabolically active tissue. So what I mean by that is like, it's, it's expensive for your body to maintain. And that currency is calories. So, and it's also expensive to build and you have to have calories in, you know, above, you know, your maintenance by a little bit to, you know, tell your body that, Hey, we actually do want to add this muscle tissue. It's something we, you know, we want to do, and we want to devote resources to it. Um, but you know, like you, you, I think so many people, like they just want to, you know, they just want to diet and get toned, you know, they, they just want to get toned, you know, that's all they want, or they just want to lift and get toned. And you have to realize that that look that you want has a lot more muscle than I think people realize. Um, so, you know, spending time out of a deficit, spending time building muscle, and then spending time, 
building, you know, good habits. Like I was just talking to a client today who is, you know, just saying how much easier this fat loss phase was than previous ones. And yes, like part of that was, you know, metabolically, she's in a better spot, but also we spent like eight months just really focusing on, you know, lifestyle habits. Like what happens if, you know, the kids get off, you know, from school early and, you know, you didn't meal prep and they want to, they have, you know, basketball practice and how do we still make it work? And, you know, just dealing with, with things when like life gets messy, you know, like life is not perfect. It's stressful. You know, like we, we started talking about, so what tools do you have? Like, in your just daily routine, um, you know, that, that are going to help you, you know, handle those stressors. Uh, so I think those are some of the things that you want to think about, like, how is your relationship with food? Like, are you scared? Like, do you still have this good food, bad food mentality? Um, or are you someone that maybe your diet quality is like a lot of packaged foods, like a lot of like, just macro friendly concoctions. And maybe we need to work on, you know, eating some fruits and veggies, you know, everyone is different, but, you know, having that, um, having that lifestyle down and people like, they're like maintenance, like, I don't want to maintain, like, I always want to be doing. And it's like, well, no, for a lot of you, maintenance is where the magic is going to happen. Um, I mean, I I've seen, I can't tell you so many people, like just, you drop so much inflammation just from, you know, eating a balanced diet and drinking your water and not being a stress ball, you know, a, a lot of physique changes can actually happen just from doing that. That that's the most important about like dropping inflammation is probably one of the keys to success. And it sounds woo woo, but inflammation is what's stopping your body from doing its daily processes. Because if you're inflamed, your body isn't like, that's why you have food intolerances. That's why your gut is in a bad state. Like if you're not doing two to three solid shits a day, and I don't mean diarrhea and I don't mean like plop, plop out. Like a bunny poop. Yeah. (laughs) It's like poop is something not a lot of people talk about. Menstrual cycles are things that a lot of people talk about, but they're all important things and paying attention to when it comes to your body, like, okay, given the fact that maybe you might have some menstrual disorder, like PCOS or something like that, which makes it a little bit harder to track, but it's knowing what is not right for your body. And you mentioned fruit, veg, food quality. It's like, yes, how much you eat is important, but for a lot of people, focusing on what you eat is probably the first best step because it's going to focus on eating more veg, eating more fruit, which is lower calories in general, but then you're getting in your B vitamins, which you need to burn fat and all the other vitamins that are actually essential for the fat burning process, which a lot of people just think it's calories in calories out, but there is so much more to it. And you spoke about it. Like we have the same personality types, (laughs) messy action. If you're not willing to take messy action and be like, I can't be perfect right now, but I'll just take the next best step. But if you're always stressing out over, no, nah, I can't do it right now. I'll wait for the perfect time. That's a stress in itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That anxiety of putting something off for sure. I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, just like your quality of life, like, like let's, you know, th- that, like you said, you know, I had that post about like, you know, living a full life takes a lot of calories to fuel. And um, I think people are afraid of that. Um, or people are afraid to eat more. And I don't think they realize like how many benefits come from that, including having more mental space to think about things beyond what I'm going to eat for my next meal kind of thing. Yeah. That, that was actually one big thing I realized as well. When I went from the whole bodybuilding to powerlifting journey, it's my whole life was pretty much centered around, I need to make my body look a certain way. But as soon as I entered powerlifting, all of a sudden I have these extra two and a half hours a day what am I going to do? That was when my business really started to grow. It's, there's so much more to life than just chasing this perfect body, this perfect number on the scale. And I really want to touch on the biofeedback you mentioned, because it's like, you can push your body. You can tell it to shut up. You can scream and shout and be like, now I'm doing this my way. I don't care if my body's doing this. I don't care if my digestion's that because I just want this body. Like there is a time when that's all going to pay off. And then if you don't address that now, that's, that's going to lead to that halt. And if you don't work on optimizing digestion and those biofeedback markers, what next? Yeah. I mean, 
So biofeedback is like, it sounds so fancy, but it's your body just talking to you. Like it, you are all, we're all, all of us, you know, even my dog right here, my cat on the bed, like they're, we're all getting biofeedback all the time. And uh, just so many people just don't listen to it. And I think one is that we're not aware, like we don't know these signs to listen to. We've never been taught, um, you know, like you said, we've never been taught necessarily maybe that it's not normal to not poop every day. Um, you know, or, or whatever the case might be, but then also like, we just live in a society that's so like fast paced onto the next, that it's easy to kind of like shut those things off until your body's screaming at you. And, you know, then it's not so easy to, you know, turn it off. Um, so you, do you want me to go over like biofeedback, like what that is? Yeah. Especially yeah. the gut health part of it. Cause that really is the essence of Oh my gosh. The more I learn so much starts in the gut, like everything, like like that old, all disease begins in the gut. I mean, it's kind of true in a lot of cases. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, biofeedback being like, we'll just start with digestion. I mean, how, you know, are you, like you said, are you going to the bathroom every day? Do you have loose stool? Is there food in your stool? Um, is there, you know, are you having a lot of bloating? Like, you know, mild distent, you know, mild bloating after like, a meal like every once in a while is not, I don't think something to totally freak out over or like we need to distinguish between feeling full, you know, after a meal versus I'm bloated, but chronic painful bloating is not normal. Like that's your body. That's an inflammation and inflammatory response. Um, it's your body telling you it doesn't, it doesn't either doesn't like what you fed it or there's some, you know, overgrowth going on that, you know, no matter what you feed it, it's going to get mad. Um, so these are like really big things that you can't ignore because if you're not digesting and probably absorbing and assimilating your food, then like you said, you're missing out on so many like micronutrients potentially. Um, and then, you know, also just, it is definitely a stressor on your body to, you know, be going through all that. So digestion is a really big one. Um, you know, the, the, I mean, that could be an entire podcast, but so digestion, uh, females, your menstrual cycle, like, you know, and that this is another thing too, like so many women don't even track their cycles. Um, and you know, you don't have to be, there's varying degrees of tracking your cycle, but you know, at least, you know, kind of understanding how the menstrual cycle works, that there's different phases, um, and, and knowing, you know, kind of a rough idea of like, you know, how long your, your menstrual cycle is and, you know, your are like, your yeah, follicular, follicular phase and, you know, learning to identify when you ovulated, things like that. Um, how long is my luteal phase? Cause that, that length of time can, you know, tell us a lot about your body too. Um, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, like, these are maybe things for you to kind of start, you know, looking into, or, um, you know, with coaching for me, like a lot of what I do is kind of teaching my clients to identify biofeedback on their own and identify changes. So, energy levels is another one, you know, stress levels or perceived stress. Um, like how are you able to, like, how, how well are you able to cope kind of thing? Um, you know, progress in the gym. Like, are you, you know, are you slowly, you know, progressing each week? Um, or are you regressing in any way? Are you struggling to get a pump, you know, in the gym? Um, God, mental clarity. There's so many things that your body is always telling you. Uh, libido you mentioned that like that's one that no one wants to talk about but I mean let's all like diet and get shredded and then let's have no libido to even show it off you know <laughs> like it, it's like there's so many like things that are just natural for your body to do um and feel and you know by suppressing you know calories or overtraining or just not being in a good place you know health-wise all those things are going to be, um, affected. So, you know, we're, we're getting, you know, clues all the time from like, of what's going on in our body. Like, are you always cold? Is your hair falling out? Like, like all these things that I think sometimes too, especially as women, like we just accept that, oh, I'm going to have terrible PMS and, oh, all my friends have, you know, constipation. So it's no big deal. But just because it's common doesn't mean it's normal or, you know, has to be your normal, I think I like to say. Yeah, we expect things to happen and then it makes them happen. And something I do mention a lot is the power of placebo. Like if you think something's going to happen, it is going to happen. And if you think that I had, I had this girl that was scared to go into a fat loss phase, 
And I'm like, okay, cool. We won't then because it took me a while bringing calories up. And then all of a sudden she's like, I'm ready to do it, Ruby. She's like, why am I fuller than usual? I thought I was going to be starving. I'm like, mate, I do fat loss the right way. It's like, you need to focus on what you can add more of. And people just expect that it's going to be this treacherous thing, but she was willing to put in six months to building her calories up. So even with less calories, I was able to give her a whole lot more whole foods. And it's this that is why it is so important to earn your fat loss phases. Because if you don't put that time into building yourself and the people do not realize how important it is to actually train hard in the gym. They don't know what training hard's like. I remember you spoke about someone that, like, that was squatting, like, I think it was 60 kilos, but then yeah. you were up to like 80 and she's like, that felt good. It's like, you can do so much more than you realize. Like, um, you, like put yourself under a safe load until you can actually do something like a barbell squat or a deadlift, but do push yourself do like do reps to failure on the leg press. Don't just stop it short when you still have like 10 left to go because you're not going to die on a leg press if you have the stoppers in place. But back to the whole biofeedback is the importance of being in the sympathetic state and the parasympathetic state, which you know that I talk about being in distressed or the rest and digest. And if you're not allowing your body to rest and digest, how are you meant to recover? How are you meant to adapt? If you're training in the gym, you're releasing inflammatory, let's just call them inflammatory cells in your body. And then you're stressed out from work, more inflammatory cells. You're not eating a wholesome diet, more inflammation because you're not able to have the antioxidants and the inflammation food, anti-inflammation foods to get rid of it. It's like there is this whole cascade of events that happens when you do not focus on the health first approach, on priming your body because a healthy body is one that responds and I used to push myself through fat loss phases and granted I did a whole aerobic block of actually pushing my aerobic health of doing 30 minute massive sessions for aerobic health for doing 45 sessions for doing even longer sometimes like I built up my aerobic base as well but not until I built up my muscle machinery but that then allowed me to lose like I was able to actually lose a kilo a week but I only did that for four weeks. And then I bumped my calories back up because it started to taper off. Like it was a kilo, a kilo, then half a kilo, half a kilo. Obviously that wasn't all weight. That wasn't all fat because I did drop my calories and my carbs quite a bit. So that probably was the first week. But the thing is, it wasn't something that was so slow and it had a purpose. It was, I'm cutting weight to do this event and then I'm bringing my weight back up again. And now I'm sitting at a, easy weight that's easy to maintain for me because I've built up these habits. I built up the lifestyle. I can tolerate the fact that I've been in lockdown for six months, whereas other people have their face in the freaking pantry. It's life is going to happen anyway. And until you build up the identity of someone that lives this lifestyle. Yeah. And I, I think with fat loss phases, like we want, we don't want to just like we want to get in and get out and get the job done. Like, we don't want to have to be like that. I think that is one of the biggest issues I see too on like the mental side of things. Like if you don't spend time, like, like your client, like she was like, I've had that happen to clients too. Like because of years of spent dieting in a not so smart way and not doing their prereqs, they're nervous to kind of diet like the right way. Right. Like with us, but then they get there and they do it and they're like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, they're, I think they're able to trust themselves. Like they built all these tools, you know, they, they, they can handle it, you know? And, um, like, it's just so much smoother from, you know, all, from all aspects, because I think if you rush into it, you know, I mean, I I've done this, you know, when I first started coaching, I would cave, like I would let people, you know, diet before I really thought they were ready. And, sure enough, it ended up being like five months because they were struggle busting to stay adherent, you know, like they couldn't be consistent. And it's like, well, I should have listened to my guns as a coach, you know, and put my foot down. And, you know, it's one something I've learned the hard way. And now I just tell people like, no, like I won't die at you yet. Or you have to at least, you know, work with me for a month before, you know, we kind of, you know, go for that goal. So I know it's like, it's not, it's frustrating to hear, 
Um, but it's really because we just want to set you up for just that get in, get out, um, get the t-shirt kind of thing, you know, with, with your fat loss phase. There are too many people that have like you asked them when's the last time you didn't diet and they don't, well, they're like, well, I haven't, I haven't actually been on my diet for this long. I'm like, that's not the question I asked. When's the last time you went on a diet? It's like, yeah, just because you're not following a certain freaking 12 week challenge doesn't mean that you went on a diet. Like you were still freaking in the mindset of, I don't like what the way my body is. It's like, you're not intentionally trying to build your body. You're either in a dieting mindset or focusing on building your body for a better body. And that includes maintenance. Like I, the reason I had this brain explosion, like however long ago it was, was because I just finished a Canva <laughs> that said it's, it's maintenance is progress, but people always think that if they're not chasing fat loss, they're a failure, but that's the thing. It's, it's not the case. And I was there, Sarah was there. And a lot of people are nervous. I loved this part that you went into, so you can go into it more because people are so nervous to diet the right way. They think as soon as they stop doing more, 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 they're going to immediately gain the weight. Like I am so blessed and grateful that I have one client that I've never really talked about because she just trusts me to oblivion because she's seen my journey. But she was doing all of these extra sessions. She was doing kickboxing. When I told her to stop kickboxing because her body was so stressed out, she had to freak out. I'm like, no, we're going to do kickboxing once a fortnight because you love it. But you told me that now you love rock climbing. Yeah, okay, maybe it's not as intense, but let's do rock climbing once a fortnight and then bring in the kickboxing for the next fortnight. And in all of that, when she was going away for holidays and stuff, she's like, I'm going away for a week. Can you give me some sessions to do on the weekend? so that I can do something like, no, you're not training at all for the next three to three, four days. It, your body isn't going to die. You're, you're not going to put on fat just from having a rest day. She's like, holy fuck, Ruby. And I'm like, what? You just, you just literally said what was on my mind. I thought I was going to get fat from doing nothing. It's like people think that as soon as they don't, they stop doing something, their body's just going to start storing fat. They're, it's not sexy to hear. It's not what people are talking about. But you need to get in and get out. Like you're not supposed to live your life in a fatless phase. Like what, what living is that? Why are we deduced down into people that just need to lose fat all the time? It seems so stupid when you think about it. But when you're in that emotional state of, I hate how my body is. I'm, and think of all these things that you want. I want to be leaner. I want to have a nicer body. I want this. I want to be more accepted. I want to be more loved. I want to be more confident. But out of all these things that you just said you want, the only thing that you really care about is the fact that you want to lose weight. It's like, how about all these other things? How else can we get all these other things and diet you the right way so that you can have all of those other things and a better body instead of a tired, exhausted, depleted body? Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I can tell you because I've gone through it. Like, I mean, I, it'll be, I haven't dieted or been in a deficit for two years, almost two and a half years now. And like, I, I thought, I didn't think I would be able to, I, I don't think I, the weight I'm at right now, I literally told my husband, I'll be fat. I was like, I'll be fat when I get to this weight. And I weigh actually two pounds more than that weight right now. So it's like, and I'm like, I know I'm not fat. I know I'm far from fat. Like so many people compliment me and say how much muscle I've built and all this stuff. But you know, I was so scared for so long to let myself do that. And yes, I still struggle with body image, but I also don't. And I think it's because I just, my life is busy and full and I focus on other things. Like, you know, I have more good body image days or like days where I just don't think about my body than not, you know? And I think that's, especially as women, that's such a big win that you can just focus on like being a badass in the gym and, you know, fueling your body and being a business owner, or, you know, whatever the case might be, being a mom, being a girlfriend, wife, um, all the things and, and not be like, oh, what does the scale say this morning? You know? Um, and I think for me, like a lot of it was like almost see when I first like kind of was getting out of that mentality of like smaller is better or do more things. It was to see my body. I'm very nerdy. So it was to see my body as like a science experiment, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to run this experiment. And you know, if I don't like the results, I know I was really good about doing what I was doing. Like I can always go back to doing that. 
And I told myself that like, I'll, you know, I'm going to, you know, push myself to really gain weight, da, da, da. I know I know how to diet and I haven't gone back because I like this, you know, and I'm seeing those results and my body is like, you know, healing, you know, I mean, I've, this, this year has been a lot of just health, you know, focus for me, um, and, you know, healing, you know, just years of like, you know, dieting, um, years of being on birth control, all those kind of things, healing my gut. Um, and like, you know, my body's responding, you know, as far as my physique goes by putting on more muscle tissue, because like you said, I mean, a, a healthy body is a responsive body. Um, and, you know, see, so I think seeing my body as a, a science experiment was really helpful. And that's what I kind of try to encourage clients to do if they're nervous. I'm like, just hang in there with me. Like, you know, like I, I won't steer you wrong. And if we have to go to a phase, a phase where you're uncomfortable or, you know, a lot of times in health and healing, things get a little worse before they get better. I'm like, I, if I take you to that place, like that dark place, I promise you, I'm going to get you out of it. Um, but it's, it's, you know, putting in the time, just closing your eyes, like not looking at the scale, you know, skipping the scale. You know, I have clients that don't even weigh themselves. Like you don't necessarily need to weigh yourself to still make progress in whatever phase you're in. That's actually something I, I was meant to touch on before. I ban the scale with all of my clients. I think there's only three clients that have been with me for over three. Actually, one of them has been with me for four years, but they've been with me for over three years and they don't like, they still, they still get impacted by the scale. But as soon as I put them in their place, they're like, you're right. Thank you. Thank you for dealing with me, Ruby. Thank you for dealing with my spasms. I'm like, I'm not dealing with anything. You're human. This is normal to freak out about the scale. We're taught to freak out about the scale. We need to normalize that Literally. stuff. Just don't let it affect you so much. Like I could easily step on the scale and be like, fuck, it's up. Wait, who cares? Walk away. It's like, as soon as you focus your whole life on that number, you're letting that dictate you. And I, I actually love that so much. I'm like, be a badass, not a skinny ass. You want, you want to, you want to build a lean, strong machine because actually I should have mentioned this before. So we just came out of lockdown to last week was my first week back in the gym. I was, I'm already eating quite a lot of food, but as soon as I got back from my first session, I was ravenous. I just wanted to eat food, but because I'm so like into my lifestyle, I, I was fine that day. But then I realized two days later, I'm like, no, I need to actually increase my food like building, like actually focusing on building muscle, ripping apart your muscle, needing to heal that muscle. It is an expensive process, like Sarah said before. And you need to focus on training the right way. Like, if you, like don't just go and pick the easiest thing you can do or don't just go chasing burning calories. Like focusing on building the baddest ass of body that you can is part of the process. And you, you, you mentioned it quite easily. Like, it's we can get so attached to wanting to drop ourselves back into this battle space and it's the hardest thing for us as coaches to tell our clients no you're not ready for this battle space yet because we want we want we want to make you guys happy but you know when if why why put you in a fatless phase if it's going to be harder why put you in a fatless phase if you're not even consistent on what you're doing yet it's like when someone says, I had, I had a guy come to me and say, Ruby, can we cut my calories? Me. Why? Because I need to get rid of this fat. I'm like, can you actually stay consistent on your diet? Cause I knew he wasn't. He's like, I have been. I'm like, yeah, you told me that at the start of this week, which was three days ago that you got back on your diet again, you've been consistent for three days. And then, yeah. they, and then I'm like, no, we're not cutting your calories. Next day he goes, Ruby, I had sushi last night. I'm going to go again tonight. Help me. I'm like, you just said you've been consistent on your diet. You just had a 400 calorie sushi roll that has no protein. Tell me how yeah. that's consistent. It's like, you need to be aware of your habits. It's like, don't want to cut calories if you're not yet consistent on what you have. And in 2019, I think it was, was when I, I stopped chasing the weight because I, we got into COVID and I wasn't going to compete anymore. I didn't need to make a weight class. And it's funny because as soon as I got told that we have COVID, I lost a whole kilo and I was chasing, I was chasing this weight loss for ages. And then two days later, I lost a kilo and I wasn't even restricting anymore. It's the fact that I wasn't stressed out about making a weight. It was crazy, but, and I'm actually even lighter now because I'm not caring about so much of that shit of stressing my body. Cause when you're training for something like 
this is not just me training for like powerlifting and training for bodybuilding. This is anyone trying to get to a goal. It's like when all you care about is that goal, you're making the process harder. Your body is under this, ooh, what a perfect segue into sympathetic state. Your body is under such a stress state that it's not able to do what it needs to do. You're making the process harder for yourself by focusing on just that end goal. You need to stop focusing on just that end goal if you want to actually start seeing progress. So why, you can tell us why it's so important to stop focusing on just that end goal, which is pretty much what you mentioned before. Yeah, I think, I mean, if you do the work, it will happen. Like if you are getting stronger in the gym, you know, if you are, you know, eating, you know, your, your protein and, you know, eating your carbs and, um, you know, getting all those micronutrients, if you're putting in the work, if you're being consistent, if you're sleeping, um, you know, if you're having good digestion, like it will come, it really will come in, but you have to, you know, focusing on the process, um, and getting excited about the process, like the gym, like, you know, the days that you're there, like it should be, you know, all out, you know, give it your all, um, you know, push it, you know, like, I think that's my best, biggest advice to women is push yourself harder, not by doing, you know, not by going to the, not by going to the gym more days, but by being more intentional when you are there. Um, I think that's, you know, really important, but you know, it will come like that's you're, you're literally with these habits, you're telling your body to change in a positive way. Um, but I know it's hard. And I mean, I think that stress thing, like, you know, your gym time should be like, that should be sympathetic state, right? That's your fight or flight. That's, you know, you running from tigers and, you know, that's the time to like have that higher adrenaline. But then afterward, like we need to spend more time in that parasympathetic state in that rest and digest state for our body to repair and respond and, and digest our food properly. You know, um, I think we're just so go, go, go. And forgetting to breathe, like, oh my gosh, like, I mean, that was like a big thing for me this year was like realizing how, when I get anxious or, you know, I'm just always on to the next, I, I hold my breath. And like, if I'm not breathing, how can I expect my body to do all these other amazing things? You know, if I'm not like breathing, <laughs> so, cast on its own. The, I, I actually talk a lot about breath because what do we do when we breathe? we bring in oxygen and what do we need oxygen for? You know, when you hear people say that you oxidize more fats, girls, girls, you're oxidizing more fats. Do you know what that is? That's oxygen. Like you need oxygen in your body and not only breathing for life, but people don't know how to breathe when they're training. They don't know how to breathe and brace. And this is the important part because you need to beast mode the gym, but you also need to beast mode your recovery or least mode. You need the least mode and the beast mode. Without that, you're just going to be living in a sympathetic state. Your heart rate's going to be high the whole day. Like my resting heart rate is like friggin' 40, 40, 35. It's like, if you're in such a place where your body is just in this adrenaline fueled state, you're not giving your body the ability to process foods, to digest and to give you the good biofeedback. Like here's another thing. People say they feel fine but they don't know how fine feels until they actually feel good. It's like, you don't know what a good night's sleep feels like until you've actually had one. It's that whole process thing. Um, I want to talk about that as well, but I also want to bring in a little bit more on the birth control stuff because the thing is there are so many people on birth control. Your body isn't able to do its normal biofeedback signals, its menstrual cycle signals. Like it having artificial hormones in your body impacts so much of what we just spoke about. So it's important to also have that balance to know, okay, so this is what this is doing to my body and how it can impact me. Yeah. So for me, you know, I never like to demonize like birth control because I think there is a time and a place, but I think I wish, so I went on it when I was 17 because I didn't want to get pregnant. Right. And I wish I was taught the, some of the side effects, you know, downstream on all systems of my body, especially if I was basically anorexic at the time. Um, you know, and I, I wish I realized that not having a normal biological, you know, or normal menstrual cycle, like a, just my own body, you know, ovulating and really because of my history, I never, I, I had one period, then I developed an eating disorder 
And then a couple of years later, I went on the birth control pill. So for me, like, you know, when you look at, you know, the birth control pill or, you know, hormonal contraceptives, you have to look at your history. But if I think, I think it's best if you're going to be on it, don't be on it, you know, longer than like three years, you know, something like that, three to five years. Like there's other options. Um, but yeah, I mean, like for me, like ha- not, not having that ovulatory menstrual cycle, like that impacts things like, you know, your thyroid, you know, your, you know, digestion, your ability to build muscle, like, um, your, you know, potentially your bone health. Like, so it, it is, you know, it is something I think I wish there was just more education on, um, and more like, you know, conversations again about like understanding your menstrual cycle and what it even is. And that a pill bleed isn't, you know, a, a real bleed or real, you know, it's not, it's not a period, right. It's not a real period. It's a withdrawal bleed. Um, and you know, everything has an effect like, you know, side effect intended effect. So, yeah, I don't know where else you want me to go with that. But for me, like I went off the pill in 2020. Yeah. 20. So last year, 2020, after being on it for six ish years. Um, and yeah, like, I mean, I, it's hard to say, it's hard to say because again, I was under eating overtraining for so long, but this past year, man, like I've put on so much muscle mass um, comparatively to previous years. And there's a lot of factors with that, but I'm also, and and I got my cycle, my cycle back, you know, this year I got it back in, um, June, you know, which, you know, again, with my history is a pretty big deal. And now I'm like, I'm a real girl again, you know, I got five in a row. So like I'm, my body is like producing these hormones, you know, um, on its own now, and which is really cool. And my digestion has improved along with it. Um, and like, you know, we said like the, those internal markers as they're improving, so is my body composition. Uh, so that, yeah, that's actually the perfect path to go down because you, you like, think about it this way. Birth control means your hormones aren't your own, that you're not, you're not having the regularly, you're not having those normal, like, you're not having the normal fluctuations in your hormones. And the best part about what you said was now you're actually building more muscle and Yes, you mentioned there were other factors in that, but that's the thing, like, you, you might not be taking birth control, but you're birth controlling yourself by by overtraining, by under-exercising, like, you're impacting your, your own hormones without a frigging birth control pill. That's kind of what I was hoping we'd get out of this, which we did. And all those factors that you mentioned, like, she wasn't able to build muscle properly. She wasn't able to have a successful bowel loss phase. Well, it's like, she she's not even aiming for bowel loss and her body composition is improving her digestion's improving. Like I went through the exact same thing because I overtrained. I was doing deadlifts, heavy deadlifts, four to five times a week, plus a hit session because I was training six times a week. This was when I first, like halfway through my powerlifting journey. And that was the time I hated my body the most. My midsection was gaining fat. I was hardly eating. I was trying to do more. I was trying to like freaking do more in my cardio, in my conditioning session because I hated my body that much back then. But it's like, that's the, that's what was holding me back. I was birth controlling myself pretty much by. You're, you're inflamed. Like you're stressed. I mean, like, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, so you're stressed and your body's like, yeah, no more. We're not going to have a menstrual cycle. And then in a way, indirectly not having a menstrual cycle, not ovulating is a stress on your body, you know, it's, or it's, it's, it's something, you know, it's your body not, you know, operating as it, as it really, you know, is designed to. And I think this is the perfect place to sum it all up too. Cause it's like, yeah, okay, cool. I was hardly eating that much then, but if you saw my training, I was in a calorie deficit on paper, mate. Like if I showed you what I was eating, which I tracked everything. Cause I love, I love tracking my food. I tracked everything. I was on 1300 calories a day average. I was training my ass off five days a week with weights, heavy weights, compounds, squats, deadlifts, all that kind of stuff, bench, like a powerlifter. And then I had my hypertrophy session. I did my conditioning. I did my walking. I got my usual steps. Like I was doing all the things. I'm doing all the things, but I'm not losing weight. Like we hear this all the time. I'm smashing my sessions. I'm training hard. I'm doing my cardio. I'm hardly eating any food. I'm, I, 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 didn't even, I didn't even have hunger then. I was just eating because I love food. That's the thing. Like it even impacts your appetite. And if you don't pay attention to these biofeedback markers, you're going to have 
a shitty system. You're going to hate your body even more because you feel like, I feel like, like I know this because my girls experienced the exact same body, just like their body thoughts came back when we went into COVID. They couldn't control their food as much. They couldn't control the gym as much. They became more picky about their body. It's like, yeah, when you lose control over things that you have control over, you start to obsess over your body more. That's normal. Just try not to focus on it. But it's, it's like as soon as you start paying attention to all of these signals and allow, I was scared of, okay, I need to cut down my activity. I need to eat more carbs. Like that scared me. So it took yeah. me a really long time. And that was, that was actually the breaking point with my coach where my coach, you, you know, Luke Lehman, he, that's when I, that's when I started working with Luke Lehman and he's like, you need to eat 300 grams of carbs. No, I'll go, I'll go to 200. I was on 160. He's like, okay. And then I'm like, I gained a kilo. <laughs> and he's like, stop focusing on your fucking weight. Like he's that tough love person. I'm like, but, but he's like, now go to 250. I'm like, okay, boss, 250 it was. And like over time, my body composition just transformed because I was giving my body the fuel it needed to do the activity. So now my body wasn't so inflamed. And mm-hmm. that's the important part. Like we hear it all the time. You were doing all the things, but not losing weight. So I guess I'll let you kind of sum it all up in a little bubble with everything and anything that you want to add in about the stress, the why it is so important to earn your fat loss phases. And then anything else that you want me to include in the show notes outside of your Instagram? Yeah. So I think it's this idea that, oh my gosh, I'm doing everything right. And I'm not getting the results that I want. Maybe we need to rethink as a whole, what is right. And and I think that's kind of maybe the take-home message from today that, you know, that internal health is is so, so important. Um, And, you know, go hard or go home, like should also apply to your rest days. And honestly, that was how I kind of helped trick myself into getting better about that kind of stuff. Like this is hardcore for me. Resting is hardcore. Eating enough is hardcore. Um, You know, taking time out of a deficit is hardcore. Taking my recovery, like breathing and all that seriously, that is hardcore for me. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that's a good place to end it. Um, Instagram, yeah, is a good place to contact me, um, at Sarah Ford Bishop is my handle. Um, I do have my own podcast unfiltered fitness radio, and then I'm a co-host of another podcast called unnamed and untamed, um, with my friends, Sonia and Meredith. So all that's in my Instagram, like bio thing. So yeah, thank you so much for having me on Ruby. I feel like the whole time I'm like nodding, like, yes, yes. Like, cause we just, we relate on so many things like personally. And then as coaches as well. Yeah. That's why I had to have you on. We are such on the same wavelength and we've been through the same stuff. So we've experienced it firsthand and we are here to tell you not to do the same dumb shit that we did because yep. it, like I've been doing this for seven years. You've probably been doing it for about the same. So it's like, we have been doing this for years. You guys don't want to be in the same place where you are now, 10 years from now being, Oh, I, I wish I actually listened to this coach that I had 10 years ago, but then I went with this coach and then this coach and this coach and I'm still stuck where I am because I just keep looking for the next best thing. But thank you so much for coming on. And I cannot wait to share this up and have a little, probably another chat with you very soon. So thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm.